Welcome to Hawkeye's History, your favorite weekly history podcast where we talk about all of the sexy and salacious stories that you never learned about in high school. I'm Belle. I'm Ellen. And Ellen, what's the hot goss? Um, so today I have a story for you, and I think this one will be right up your alley. It's a little, I would say it's a little off my beaten path, maybe a little darker, okay. a little more mysterious. Ooh, okay. So we're doing the life of Mary Shelley. Ooh. Yes. I'm like, it's like a, she's a little witchy. She going through this. I was like, Bella's going to love it. But I'm also afraid. I'm like, there's a lot of darkness. <laughs> you know what we had? I feel like last week was so much fun with a dick in a jar. Well, Rasputin was a good, like he, it was dark, but saucy and it is definitely saucy today you are in for a treat (laughs) I so okay I will tell you so I did last semester for grad school I wrote a paper on uh not a paper I had to do a presentation on Percy and Mm. I did do a little bit I did kind of go down a rat hole a little bit but I didn't go too far down I know about some of the the sex blades but I at the same time I don't really have a lot of context so I'm really excited to kind of get more of that it is summer the outsides are doing the it's doing the shining for us it's doing the happy so we can get a little dark and dirty a little dark I love it all right so I guess for quick overview Mary Shelley is probably best known for her uh literary works and she is the author of Frankenstein probably what most of our listeners are going to know her for most but she is kind of a dramatic dark gothic queen throughout this entire story and let's get into it so Mary is a born on August 30th in 1797. Uh, She is born in Somerstown near, it's like in West London. Um, And she's born to some pretty wild parents. Um, So her dad is named William Godwin and he is considered the first proponent of anarchy so he's like this philosopher wild thinker and her mom is also awesome mary wollstonecraft and she is also a great writer but really cool feminist um she wrote something in 1792 called the vindication of the rights of women and it argues for equal education rights of women and men and it's considered to be the first english language feminist feminist text so her mom is is awesome she's super cool When Mary is born, her parents have actually only been married for four months. They were like lovers. And then after she was pregnant, obviously got married. So Mary has like a really cool pedigree, really kind of Mm -hmm. makes sense to me as we like go through the rest of her life. But unfortunately, uh, her mom passes away soon after birth. She has some complications Mm -hmm. in um, with the birth and she dies at the age of 38. Mary is born without complication. She's a happy, healthy baby, but the placenta never delivers. And so they know that it's bad to have it in there. So they call a doctor to come and try to remove the placenta, which they do. So they manually remove it and like 
take it out piece by piece, which sounds horrible. So that helps. And then they stop her from bleeding out basically by taking out the placenta. But the, so that I was like, oh, awesome. But then Mm -hmm. um, the doctor that did it never washed his hands. I was going to say he didn't wash his hands. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, we didn't know at the time or it wasn't like the practice at the time. And so really the infection is what killed her, not the placenta. Quick little side note, because I probably will do a midwifery episode at some point. But um, so we knew at that point, doctors wouldn't do it. They're like, they literally would roll around. So they, they never, they wouldn't wash their uh, like white coats. I helped the more blood on your coat that you had, the more experienced you were. And they would do studies in hospitals. So the wings with midwives had like dramatically lower death rates of moms and babies than doctor wards. Yeah, no, men are just idiots. That's the key there. Um, so like on a, on a like fun, on a little more fun note. So you have to get all the pieces of a placenta out mm-hmm. and literally they make a little placenta jigsaw puzzle to make sure that they've gotten all the pieces out. <laughs> I love so that. That's how they, they still do it that way. <laughs> just to be sure. Incredible. Weird to think about, but I love the idea of a puzzle. And also, isn't it, who is it, Kesha? She like wears her placenta in her... Wait. In a bottle around her neck. I'm pretty sure. How did sure. she have her placenta? Like, her mother saved it for her. Oh, okay, cool. Hey, I don't, hey, if I ever give birth to a baby, which I probably won't, but, like, if I do, I'm fucking eating that shit. You're, you're going to eat it. You, you like, dehydrate it, and then you, like, put it in capsules. It's not like I'm just noshing it, but, like. I mean, if you're going to do every, it, every I say, other... go big or go home. <laughs> I know, every, but we sorry. are not every other animal. <laughs> We have nutrients we can eat. We don't need to eat our placenta. Fine. Uh, fine. If I don't do that, then I'm fucking going to plant some bomb ass tomatoes because apparently it's like a thing. People oh. like do, they do, that's, yeah, it, I, there's a name for them. It's like, oh, uh, it's something birth tomatoes. Wait, um, I kind of love like, that idea. Anyway. Okay. So her mother dies. Um, leaving Mary to be raised by, um, her father by William Godwin. Um, but her mother actually had a daughter from a previous engagement. So that daughter, her name is Fanny, Fanny Imlay. And she was about three years old when Mary is born. So Mary's mother has an affair with an American businessman named Gilbert Imlay. And they are like hot and heavy they get pregnant, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then apparently Fanny's father tries to like leave old Mary, I guess we can call her a couple Mary times. Senior? Mary Senior, that's probably <laughs> better. But Mary Senior continues to pursue him and she tries to commit suicide on two occasions, like to try to win him back. Damn, girl. Um, and he eventually is like, no. And I know, I know that part was kind of wild, but then she ends up, you know, with little Mary's father. Uh, Anyway, so Godwin is raising both girls. I love that for him. I know he's a widower, but like, yeah. Right, right. This part I thought was also intriguing. So a year after Wollstonecraft's death, Godwin releases her memoir, and it's called A Memoir of the Author of the Vindication of the Rights of Women. And apparently he's like thinking, oh, this is going to be a really like nice gesture to honor my late wife um, and be a nice kind of tribute to her. 
but the memoir has like lots of details about her past affairs and her illegitimate child yeah she wrote it and so then like it comes out and people are like scandalized and shocked like it causes this big scandal because she's revealing like all of this adultery and her open sexual nature I was like I don't know if I would think that was that sweet if someone like released all of my deep dark secrets but anyway Godwin ends up raising both these these little girls and they have a really happy upbringing but then during this time Godwin's debts continued to mount and he um they're kind of struggling financially and so because of that maybe maybe because he's lonely a couple things um he ends up taking a second wife and that is I think would help both things, right? Like one, his it does help his financial situation. And two, you know, now he has companionship and someone to help uh, with the child rearing. So Mary is about four years old when he ends up taking a second wife. And his second wife is named Mary Jane Claremont. And she is an educated mother of two. And she was their next door neighbor. Which I thought was such a cute little That's me like cute. To all the boys I've loved before. When he marries like the next door neighbor. I haven't actually dad. seen it. Oh, okay, Ellen. It is like literally <laughs> you are gonna eat the shit up. Like it's <laughs> so you. Oh my god. Yeah. I if I you, thought I will. If, yeah. If to our listeners, if you guys haven't gathered this yet, Ellen is the world's biggest romantic. <laughs> like she just embraces all the, the love things and all these things like that. And where it's like, I'm like. Oh, I feel kind of bad, but then like, I don't know. I've been simping over somebody lately and Ellen's like, yay! And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> okay, so he marries lady next door. Yes. Ooh, she has kids too? She does. She has two children, um, one named Charles and one named Claire, which would mean her name is Claire Claremont. Just Oh, I didn't think about that. For the, for the record. Apparently though, uh Mary Jane Claremont the wife she favors her children over uh Mary and Fanny of course she does right and so Mary kind of growing up like resents her and she doesn't like that you know she's not being favored and things like that some of the things I was reading kind of likened it to a Cinderella um you know where yeah yeah like the stepmother Mm -hmm. with the stepchildren who she adores Mm -hmm. and like treats Mary poorly so at at first I I was like oh Jane Mary Jane is bad but then like later on in the story I decide that I like her and she's just you know, happens to be this nice next door neighbor lady that Uh her dad marries. That's what I decided. I'll roll with it. So as Mary is growing up, she has, so her father's debt issues continue um, kind of throughout all of her life. So he borrows a lot of money from his friends to avoid jail. Like they're they're having some financial issues um but despite that mary gets still gets a really good education um that's really important to her father so she goes and gets some schooling she has some tutors she has a governess um and her father again who is this really respected philosopher uh has this really vast social network of people that she gets to meet and interact with so she you know, becomes a really kind of exciting and well-rounded person. Her father describes mm-hmm. her as singularly bold, somewhat imperious, and 
and active of mind. Her desire of knowledge is great and her perseverance in everything she undertakes almost invisible, invincible. So yeah, so she's growing up to be like this strong willed, uh, smart girl, which is great. Um, but she continues to clash with her stepmother. So at one point she's sent away to live, uh, with some family friends, the Baxter family in Scotland, but this is actually described to be like part, some of the happiest times of her life, uh, while she's living with them. So it's okay. So there's like two kinds. There's like sent away and like, ah, no, I trust your mom more than you. Or, but there's also like, okay, it's not working out for you. If you need a break, I have, you know what I'm saying? Like there's two different kinds. It, it's more, it's the second. It's, it's done very okay, lovingly sure, sure. and like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like they're, her and the stepmother are clashing. So no one is really having like a good time. And, and I think it's a, it's a mm-hmm. good break for Mary. And the cool. family has like four daughters that she gets to hang out with. And um, awesome. she like really seems to enjoy that. So she is away living with this other family. She's like 16-ish around this point. Oh, no, no, no. I lied. I lied. Okay. So about this time, she's like going to stay with the family in Scotland. She's about 14. And this is the time where she ends up meeting her will-be husband for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, So his name is Percy Shelley. And he first comes to meet Mary when she's about 14 and he's 19. They have a five-year age gap. Um, And so we kind of get involved with him at all because he's a great admirer of Mary's father's work so he'll like you know come around to be an admirer he'll come and stay for dinner they'll um bounce off ideas things like that so we think that they first meet when she's like home visiting once while she's like staying with those Mm -hmm. those people um so that happens when she's first 14 and then they don't meet again for a while until she's like 16 years old and percy is now like 21 years old and that's when, like, she has now come back to live with her family for good, basically. I'm trying to figure out, like, which way I want to go first. You know what? You, yeah, <laughs> I am here for the ride. I just want to say, like, I always forget that back then you just kind of hung out at your parents' house until you got married. Right. Like, it's so, yeah, I always forget that. So, Basically, Percy starts hanging around the family quite a bit, and and it's because of the father at first, but then he starts to take an interest in the daughters. So, yeah, yeah. So this is the part where I started to be like, oh, I kind of respect uh, Mary Jane, the stepmother. Percy is hanging around and Mary's stepmother had always been like a little uneasy about him because she believed that Percy had been flirty with all three of the young women in their home. So that would have been Mary, her half sister, Fanny, and then her stepsister, Claire. Claire is only eight months younger than Mary and Fanny is two years older than Mary. And so the stepmom is like, all three of these girls have fallen in love with this handsome poet. And she basically thinks he's up to no good. And I kind yeah. of, I kind of agree with her. So I'm like, oh, for fucking for sure. Yeah. Right. And so I'm like, so how much of her and Mary butting heads is just Mary and her not seeing out eye because Mary is a strong willed young girl who wants to love who she loves. And she, you know what I mean? I th- I feel like she probably <laughs> cares a lot about Mary. Like her stepmother yes. does. It's just like, 
she's willing to be the bad guy when she has to be. Right. Right. Cause I mean, I'm sure it'd be like, hard. okay. So like, I mean, even now it's difficult. I think it's for a lot of people to just like roll with their step parent. Mm-hmm. them though, it's both out of like convenience in addition to like, you know, love. So I feel like it would make total sense for Mary to not be on board, but also this woman to, yeah, no, I'm, I'm getting, I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> so I guess before we get into Percy and Mary's relationship, apparently he initially made passes at Fanny, who is a little closer in age to him. And Percy is so confusing. And so I feel like I'm going on these like strange tangents because so Percy comes and is hanging around, but at the time he is married himself. He has a wife yeah. named Harriet who is pregnant at the time when he starts yep. hanging around with the whole Godwin clan. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll go get back to that. But basically Percy asks like, oh, can Fanny come live with me and my wife Harriet? Because he's in air quotes, like a, an admirer of Fanny's mother's writing, yeah. which her mother is awesome and is like has all those strong feminist beliefs but I'm like like, okay that's dead right right um and so then obviously Godwin is like no you can't have my my unwed (laughs) daughter come live with you and your pregnant wife and part of the reason for that is that Percy had eloped with his wife Harriet and so Godwin's like I do not trust you at all like with women that's the the first thing that makes me think like Percy's kind of wild but then he kind of loses focus on Fanny because he starts to pay much more attention to Mary and is like enamored by her so Fanny of the two is a little more by the book reserved conservative and Mary is a little more wild and like has kind of free thinking free love uh ideals and things like that is one so do we know if is based on like portraits like is one cuter than the other like is Fanny like more or they just kind of both I so I didn't actually look for pictures of Fanny but one of the things I read said that there aren't any because she just like wasn't the favorite child I was like, oh my God. Well, shit. So I, I don't, mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, this picture, I see her. I mean, they all have terrible okay. hairstyles, so it's hard to tell. She, well, this one isn't too bad. Let's see. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I think that Fanny might be a little bit cuter, but I think this picture is probably painted of her when she was younger than Mary. Uh, yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, let's, I don't know. Okay, whatever. I'm just going to say that neither of them uh, portraited that well, <laughs> if you can make that a verb. They didn't, like, because I can't say they didn't photograph, they didn't portrait that well. Uh, so. All right, so we kind of know that Percy is a little bit of mm-hmm. a wild child, but he is from a wealthy family. But he has these like radical philosophies um, and kind of runs in those social circles. So he was a poet and he, I feel like really, this is like an all over the place episode. I'm going to be like, can you, can you keep track? Um, Okay. You know what? (laughs) I I think, I think we gave up uh, linear storytelling in like episode two. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is at this point. So. 
Uh, okay. So I will start like a little bit backtrack of Percy's early life just to get kind of get up to speed where we are when he first meets Mary. So he's born on September 4th, 1792. And he, like I said, is from a really wealthy, privileged family in the aristocracy. Um, He went to Eton College when he was 12. And then like at a pretty young age, he starts being known for his anarchist views. um, And he also starts writing poetry and prose big writer and him and Mary do kind of bond over that for all of their life. Um, And he starts going to Oxford in 1810. And then when he's at Oxford, he kind of goes a little wild and him and his friend Thomas Jefferson Hogg end up writing this pamphlet called The Necessity of Atheism. And that resulted in them being expelled from Oxford. So he's kind of a bad boy on the outs living life on the edge once he's expelled his Mm -hmm. father is like what the heck what are you doing like unacceptable so his father gets really mad about that and his he eventually gets cut off like partly because of that and partly because he has this socialist view basically and so he keeps giving away like all of his money to just everybody to people in need the poor and his family's like no (laughs) we're cutting you off like stop giving our money away to these like social causes that we don't care about so that part is kind of neat so like I have to okay so like a lot of like I knew about TJ Hogg and things like that Mm -hmm. TJ Thomas Jefferson Hogg I think it's just so funny because like these are some things that I I just think it's so funny because these are some of the things that I I, I learned from doing my presentation last semester, but Mm -hmm. under a totally different lens. (laughs) I was looking, I was just talking about his literature, his atheism, things like that. Whereas like for you, you're talking about who he is as a person. So it's very, there are, there are facts. I'm like, oh yeah, I knew about the pamphlet, but I'm also like, oh wait, I didn't know about the giving money away because (laughs) so it's just like, because part of me is like, Oh, I know this. It's like, no, I really don't know this. I was just like <laughs> rattling off. So it's it's really interesting. It's almost like extra interesting, if it makes any sense. It's like you have the bones and you're filling in like the fleshy yeah, parts. But I have to like reinterpret it, which is cool. Yeah. I like that. So, okay, so he's cut off and now he's living in poverty. And this is when Percy elopes with 16-year-old uh, Harriet Westbrook. And he knew Harriet... He at the time would have been 22 and she's 16. No, like the age gap isn't wild. It's just to me, the fact that she's 16 years old and like eloping. I know it was the olden days, but I'm like a child bride. So, so, yeah. And we know that women's brains tend to develop, or I guess uh, assigned to a lot of brains tend to develop faster then you know assign male at birth brains but at the same time it's like I don't know it, yeah I, I get exactly what you're saying but at the time when you know yeah yeah but 16 still just feels so young yeah oh, it's Regardless. totally super I mean I'm thinking of so like Sophie Turner Jonas is younger than we are she's on her second kid and she's happily married and I'm like uh I got my cat a new toy this week <laughs> I love it. Okay, so Percy, he meets Harriet because Harriet went to school with one of his sisters. 
Like they attend Uh the same school and that's how they even like know each other. And then they get married. Well, they elope and then Percy gets Harriet pregnant. So she's pregnant at the time that he then reintroducing him back into this, this whole Mary Godwin life story. Okay. So he starts hanging out with the Godwin family and he has his pregnant wife at home just like for okay. the record that that part kept okay. blowing my mind <laughs> why okay why does everybody just again with Rasputin it's just like again take a fucking shot every time some schmuck leaves their pregnant wife at home Christ. right I know yeah. it's like Tristan Thompson Who, who's Tristan Tom- like wait Tristan oh like with Chloe Kardashian's yeah. yeah yeah no man men ain't shit that's right? all I gotta say like even yeah no men ain't shit like even if you're the person that I'm currently hanging out with I it's 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 again it's the line from Mary Poppins though we adore men individually we agree that as a group they're rather stupid (laughs) that is is the party fucking line I love those or I love that that phrase I love that 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 whole movie is like Loki about suffrage and I love it. Yeah, that it's like a little hidden almost. Yeah. (laughs) Percy, he is a schmuck. He's a schmuck. He's coming to hang out with Mary and Mm -hmm. apparently he thinks of her as his intellectual soulmate. He's the fact that he's even like hanging out with Mary. Apparently it's because Harriet, his wife, is preoccupied with one child and pregnant with another. So he's no longer the center of all of her attention and affection. And so that's why he's like, oh, well, I have to stray. What a narcissist. Right? Right? And so it's like, yeah, it makes sense that your stepmother was like, he's a piece of trash. Like, maybe don't hang out with him. Anyway. Yeah. So Mary and Percy are, like, starting to, to fall in love. But... Godwin Mary's dad is like wary of him and it could be one because he thinks he's like you said a schmuck two it could be that he promised that Percy promised to uh pay off of his debts and then because he's now cut off from his family he's either not able to or not willing to pay off Godwin's Uh debts so either one of those reasons um Godwin like vehemently is against this them hanging out so they start to meet in secret and this is when things start to get a little salacious and so they'll take secret strolls and oftentimes they find themselves in the graveyard where mary's mother is buried do they bone on her mom's grave yes yes so we have it because mary she's a writer throughout her whole life and she keeps like very detailed journals and so we have lots of details about it on sunday june 26th (laughs) the same year that they meet mary godwin took percy to the cemetery to her mother's grave and maybe they like used to go there a lot but that is the first time that she told him that she loved him and he was like oh my god me too and then one thing leads to another and they end up having sex on mary's mother's grave just boning right there in the graveyard oh my god okay uh funnest fact though uh june 26th is on a sunday this year so we need to celebrate (laughs) 
So Mary, after after this is happening, like Mary writes about it in her journal and Percy also is keeping a journal and he writes that a fantastic thing happened that made him consider this day his new real birthday. Oh my, well, <laughs> damn, it sounds like a magic fucking pussy. Like, I know. I, yeah. <laughs> damn, girl, like that's a pretty great fucking compliment. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> This man yes. literally said, I am born again after having yeah. sex with you. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, if that's not like WAP energy, I don't know what the fuck is. Like, <laughs> damn, Mary. And this is her uh, supposedly losing her virginity in this time, like on her mother's sure. grave, which is makes yeah, it yeah. like, you know, even more dramatic. So that's like the, the beginning of their kind of steamy love affair but her father finds out and is furious and tries to break mm-hmm. up the pair one he doesn't approve of, of it in general and then two like if you find out that they're banging on your beloved dead wife's grave okay Do maybe don't like that that he knows that they were on the grave not uh, I, he Do doesn't he, say like, read his daughter's journal or something? i don't know i don't know i'm just saying if he knew I wouldn't fault him for being uh, uh, not pleased. Yeah, I see, like, I guess, like, what do you do at a time when there, like, really isn't any good way to have safe sex, right? Like, well, first yeah. of all, technically your daughter's, a, like, a homewrecker. Like, that's it in itself. But, like, he clearly, so he's not a religious guy, right? Like, he doesn't care about the morality mm-hmm. of it. But, like, I-, I get that he doesn't want his daughter to become, you know, like, knocked up out of wedlock. So, like, what mm-hmm. do you... How, how how can you possibly be a sex positive parent in that time? You know what I'm saying? Like you, you it's really hard. Yeah. I don't know what I, I don't, I don't know what I do. Well, I know. and so like Mary starts, like she's like definitely head over heels for Percy, but yeah. it's likely that she thinks at first, like, oh, my father would, would approve of this pairing because, you know, yeah. they share the same ideals yeah, uh, or like, you know, Percy is an admirer of his. Yeah. Um, and so, but just because her dad might like that admiration doesn't mean he's like, oh, I think you're a good match for my daughter kind of thing. Um, it's probably also like the thing where he's like being mildly hypocritical. He's like, I know what a schmuck I am. Right. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. They bang on the grave on June 26th. And then on July 28th, Percy and Mary end up eloping, but they don't technically get married because Percy is still married to Harriet. But they basically, they run away together and they flee the country. One, because her her dad is like really Mm mad. But they take with them her stepsister, Claire, who's eight months younger than Mary. So the three of them. Are they a thruple? Not, no. But there is love triangle action going on. Yeah. 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 Please tell me it's it's Percy and her, not sisters together. Right. Percy and Claire. Okay. 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 Yeah. So they start kind of like moving their way through France they end up making it to Switzerland I'm honestly it sounds kind of fun right it's like the three of them like Mm -hmm. your sister and your lover and you're just traipsing around France like having the time of your life but then um, Mary's stepmother 
like follows them to France oh, and is like trying to oh. find them and trying to like get her daughters to come back. And Damn, so she mama. finds, yeah, right. She finally meets up with them and is like persuading with them, like, please come home. Like, what are you doing? This is crazy. And they're yeah. like, nope, we don't want to come home. And they like leave. How old are they? They're at this point, Mary is only 16. Like they're that young, little bitch. they're babies. A, yeah. She's a, oh my God. Like, okay. I thought like, do you ever think back to when you were like 16 or whatever? And like, I wasn't like a bad kid and like it really at all. I mean, like I was, yeah. I've been told, but like, you'll do you ever, like think of like, oh my God, that one thing I said was so bitchy or whatever. Right. Like, do you ever think, yeah, that's like, what a okay that's like borderline right. teenage twat level like that's like borderline country like your mom comes to rescue you from social ruin mm-hmm. and you're like no it's fine right no we're having fun I, oh my god I know and that's yeah. why I'm like I decided I think the stepmother uh, is great she's like oh no great. I want to help I want to save you <laughs> the, the fucking audacity Oh my God. No, it's like, you're too young to make this fucking decision. Yeah. Right. Right. So, but they say no. And so they keep wandering around France and then eventually make it to Sweden or I'm sorry, they're wandering around France and then eventually make it to Switzerland. Okay. Yeah, makes much more sense. Um, <laughs> but you know, like Sweden school too. Right away, basically, like right after they elope, um, Mary gets pregnant. But okay. Mary gets really sick while she's pregnant. Like really, um, sounds oh, like she had a really hard yeah. time with morning sickness, things like that. So she's sure. like, she's not having any fun. Percy's first wife, Harriet, ends up like having. That, that child that she was pregnant with um so he ends up like oh, actually like about her yeah right like he has another wife with with the child and so he like starts spending a lot of time with the child from Harriet's marriage and like Claire is still with them and Claire yeah. is not having morning sickness and so Claire and Percy end up like going out and like having a bunch of fun going on dates whatever of course they fucking do And apparently Claire was more aligned with him philosophically. And so like they all like kind of agree and like the free love movement and like embracing female sexuality, things like that. But apparently Mary, like she believes those things, but in practice, you know, she's monogamous and she's kind of conservative um, where Claire, I think is a little more uh yeah eccentric and that's that's apparently what percy is as well and so they start um having an affair so her stepsister and her baby daddy are having an affair while she's sick and pregnant which is horrible that's real fucked yeah mary ends up giving birth but the baby is premature um so she's not quite seven months old when she gives birth um and ends up dying very quickly after um after birth and mary becomes incredibly depressed uh, after this so like she was having a terrible time during the pregnancy then loses her child obviously like so traumatic and she apparently has visions of her dead baby kind of constantly which is horrible that's 
fucking terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And so eventually though, she ends up conceiving again. And this kind of like brings her out of her, her kind of, uh, depressive episode that she was having yeah yeah and so that child she ends up having is a son that she names William after her father and that is in 1816 so Mary's only 18 at this time and she's now had her second pregnancy okay so or is does her like dad ever like get back on board like do they ever like kind of reconcile Yeah. So great question. So once like funds start to run low when they're having this like wild escapade Mm -hmm. in in France, they end up going another sex rodeo. Yeah. Another sex rodeo, a good crossover. (laughs) (laughs) Take a shot if you're playing our game. And so they end up going back to England after that. And she's convinced like, oh, you know, we'll just go back and live with our family and blah, blah, blah. And her father is like, no, and disowns her basically. Um, And they don't end up talking again for like about four years. Um, And then Percy's father is like similar situation. Her or Percy's father is in a similar similar situation to Mary. Um, So his dad is mad that he has now abandoned his wife and his children. Right. So he again, cuts off Percy's allowance. And then Mm -hmm. Percy is like spending months on the run, like trying to avoid his debt collectors. Hearing you say it, it sounds so much worse than like, I read it. Like I was like, (laughs) It just, I mean, yeah, like, not that I thought that he was, like, a good guy when I was reading about him, but, like, hearing you say, like, oh, my God, he's the <laughs> fucking worst. Like, Which, like, I maybe shouldn't take that approach because, well, I feel like most of my episodes, I'm like, oh, we had this beautiful love story. And, like, Mary is infatuated with him forever. Like, she is madly in love with him. And so sure, I, I feel like. the typi- fucking worst. Right. So typically I'd be like, oh, this is our love story. And I'm like, no, I hate him. <laughs> well, it's like, I think it's just like factually, right? Like, it's today. It's not cool to just leave your baby mama. Right. And like for somebody else. And also, again, the other thing, too, it's like neither of them have like any financial agency. Like his baby mama can't. There's no child care. She probably can't work. She's a woman. Right. But like he's just like, that's the thing. It's like he's it's the equivalent of not paying child support. Yeah. Yeah. He's both cheating and being a Debbie debt. So right. it's like he's a sh- yeah. No matter what era you're in, he's a dick. He's a dick. He also, like, while him and Claire are having this, like, a rendezvous um, while Mary was pregnant with her, their first child, he tries, like, pushing Mary into a relationship with Thomas Jefferson Hogg, like, trying to kind of get rid of her, uh, like, set them up as, as lovers almost, and so, like, he doesn't have to, like, worry or take care of Mary. And Mary's kind of like, no, like, she... Does she bone Thomas? No. Well, uh, I don't think so. They have a lot of letter correspondence and like some flirtations that way, but it really does seem like Mary is like in love with Percy and like doesn't want to stray or be with anyone else. One man woman. Yeah. But like when she loses her, her baby, she does write to Thomas Jefferson Hogg and tells him about it. And it's like, please come visit me. Like I need, you know, your love and support and things like that. But I was like, Percy, like trying to weasel his way out of this, like another, you know, elopement that he's done that he's like, and eh, maybe okay. I didn't pick the right one again. Not, so, so to be fair, 
weirdly enough. So like, again, like you're bringing back some memories. Like, so when I read that in the first time that I like learned about him, I didn't think he was trying to like get rid of her. I thought he was trying to be like, see, being polyamorous is the best. Like now I have a lover and you have a lover. Like he wasn't Mm -hmm. trying to get rid of her necessarily. Mm -hmm. That's how I took it, you know? That's interesting. Yeah. Like if we're both not necessarily cheating, but if we're both polyamorous and it's not cheating and it's fine. Yeah. And this is like my butt. And he's like, and he is truly apparently like a polyamorous person. Like there's nothing wrong with being polyamorous. It's called, but it's ethical Mm non-monogamy. Right. If everyone's on the same page. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, that's what's like polyamorous relationships. Like, sure. You can get more of your needs in that, but like that's just like a lot of work. Right. A lot of coordinating. Like I, Oh yeah. And like, also it's just like fucking around is one thing. That's totally fine. But like being in a relationship with multiple people, that's too much fucking work. Yeah. And also I don't like sharing. Like, I don't really care (laughs) if somebody that I'm like boning is boning somebody else if we're not like a thing, but like, if I'm going to like talk to you about stuff and like, you know, I'm going to like do favors for you and I'm going to you know, rely. I don't want to fucking share. <laughs> uh, uh, uh-uh. like I no. I think it's cool if you're down to that and if you're ended like that. That's awesome. But like, no, I I agree with you. If you're if everyone's on the same page, I'm like, go for mm-hmm. it. I don't think it's my yeah. page. So, <laughs> I think it's a whole different library. Basically, after their son is born, Percy's grandfather passes away and Hersey gets a bunch of inheritance. So now they're not, you know, living in squalor. Destitute. Yeah, which is great um, for them. (laughs) Not great for the grandfather. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he's old. It's fine. At this point, like Claire and um, Percy, like I think, are definitely having an affair. But Claire has like lots of lovers um one includes lord byron and so claire at this time is now seeing lord byron and she's actually pregnant with him at this time and he's in switzerland so how how do we know that it's his baby and not like percy's um, or do we not really know there was no there was just no, like, we, yeah, okay. we know, I think like maybe timing yeah, wise, yeah. like her and Percy and then they went to Lord Byron. There okay. was no like, oh, we're not sure who the father is. Um, okay. And Lord Byron ends up, you know, like taking custody of the, the baby later. So it's not like he's even like questions it. At this point, they all kind of go for like a summer vacation, basically. Um, nice. And so we're in the year 1816. And, um, so Claire, Lord Byron, Percy, Barry, and a couple of their other friends all go in vacation in Geneva. And apparently there was a volcanic eruption on an Indonesian Island. So there was like a bunch of, uh, ash and stuff in the air. So it was like stuck inside. Yeah. And it's like a really cold and rainy because you know, no sun and then all the particles, you know, make more rain. So -hmm. instead of having this, like fun like summer in the sun out like all stuck indoors basically so one of the activities that they start to do is they start to like read ghost stories to each other um the other thing is that like all of these people are like you know intellectual thinkers they're all writers so they're all like kind of creating this whole time but then they're reading these ghost stories and lord byron proposes that they kind of like up the ante and make things a little more exciting and so they have a contest where everyone is they're they want to see can they write a ghost story that's better than the ghost stories that they've been telling or reading yeah 
And so this is where uh, Frankenstein is born, basically. So first Mary writes the story, writes this ghost story. And, you know, I'm thinking most of us know the story, but basically it's a, the idea of this corpse that's kind of sewn together with a a bunch of body parts and it being kind of reanimated and comes back to life. Anyway, so kind of dark and kind of when I was thinking about her daughter, that she's having these visions of her dead baby and, you know, maybe it coming back to life, that sort of thing. I didn't think about that. Yeah, like maybe some inspiration for this this ghost story that she ended up writing. But Frankenstein, super famous, super popular. But when she writes it at first, um, she's only 20 years old, which, again, is crazy. Oh. She's doing these, like, wild, like, really grown-up things, having a baby, having oh, a life. impressive. Like, yeah. Yeah, right? And and having, like, this great um, writing career. But she writes the story first as a short story. And then Percy actually is the one that encourages her to make it longer, extend it into kind of a full story. So the book is first published in 1818 and it's published anonymously and it goes on to be right like awesome story and that's kind Mm -hmm. of what we know her all for and probably why we're talking about her today but she writes Frankenstein and then at this point the trio so like the the love triangle um ends Mm -hmm. up coming back to England and they end up settling in Bath which is only like 15 minutes on the train from Bristol um yeah and like a a couple weeks ago I went there for drinks and did you go on a field trip I did well I did and I didn't like quite realize where I would have done some more like sightseeing for Mary Shelley but um you know went to a bunch of pubs and saw the local Mm -hmm. churches and you know I didn't go to the like Roman baths which is what it's named after but I will listeners don't don't worry um but they end up going to bath and they're kind of hiding out because Claire is pregnant at this point with Lord Byron's baby and they want to hide the pregnancy they're in bath which there's not like a ton happening so makes sense to me (laughs) how big is bath population wise I don't know it's smaller than Bristol how big is Bristol Ooh, we looked this up before. I think I we said did, it. I forgot. It, I said like, it was like seven fifty, and uh, yeah, I think it was more like five hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. Let's so one hundred and one thousand and one hundred six. Nice. That's yeah. yeah it's like and, small. Yeah, for sure. And then Bristol is four hundred and sixty-seven thousand ninety-nine. She also, or I was feeling particularly inspired today because I was in London for work this week. And then I I take the train back and the stop right before Bristol is Bath. And so I'm like writing my notes Mm -hmm. on the train, like trying to scramble and get ready. And then we pull up to Bath and I'm like, oh, destiny. (laughs) So that was nice. (laughs) (laughs) But they, so they're, they're living in Bath at this point and kind of waiting out Claire's pregnancy in secret but at this point kind of their lives take a pretty dark turn so the the throuple is is living there and then in in October of 1816 um, Mary starts to get some kind of uh, alarming letters from her sister Fanny um, and her sister the letters are coming from Bristol which again I thought I'd call out because 
I Yay. am from there and I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm living there and I'm loving it. So Fanny was saying some things that were pretty concerning and, and made people start to worry for her mental health. Um, and she sends two letters to Mary that are like this. And so then Percy goes and tries to find her because they're worried that she's about to do something kind of terrible. Yeah. And mm-hmm. from, from what I was reading is like, at this point, like Mary is still estranged. Well, the, the trio. So Mary and Claire are, are mm-hmm. both estranged from yep, their family, their parents. But Fanny still is like, she's kind of caught yeah, in the middle. Um, so like she still talks to her sisters who are always kind of like, oh, like, why aren't you like brave enough to like ditch our parents? And then her parents are like, why? I can't believe you're like talking or um fraternizing with those terrible like our terrible children that like ran away basically I so get that so she's like definitely stuck in the middle and yeah. it sounds like her father leans on her pretty heavily for like to help run um mm-hmm. run their finances she's doing a lot of like writing letters to people like asking for money because they're in debt so like she seems to be put in like a pretty challenging situation yeah. anyway and then you know if she has her own mental health struggles that she's she's dealing with I, I can only imagine that those like are exasperated by the situation oh, for, she's fun, in. for sure yeah so anyway Percy goes and and they're really worried about her he goes and tries to find her and he finds her like a day late basically and oh, no. she has committed suicide she's found dead in this inn in Wales and she has left a suicide note next to her and she used a bottle of laudanum which I looked up. Oh, yeah, it's, it's it's an alcoholic solution that also has morphine in it. So it's like opium and alcohol together and it's used as a narcotic painkiller. And she just like drinks mm-hmm. a bunch of that and dies. So like so sad and so tragic. Kind of punctuates a lot of Mary's really tragic life. Yeah. Um, just a we just a hot I know you didn't really I think we say now uh died by suicide instead of committed. Oh, completed. She died by suicide. That's good to know. Yep. We also then have another suicide. It's only two months later in Mary's wife, Harriet, because he is still married with two children. I'm sorry, Percy's wife, Harriet. Yes. Because he's still married and he does have two children, but she is found dead in uh serpentine which is a lake in london's hyde park and okay. she uh, Ooh, had she drowned drown? herself yeah oh that's yeah. like the worst way to die it's horrible horrible and like yeah. this is all happening like one after another it's like really dark and like i said like fly when i start when i was like got to this point in the research i was like oh no maybe i've gone down a terrible terrible hole so after this, Percy wants to get custody of the, the, his two children from Harriet's marriage or Harriet. Good fucking luck. And Harriet's family is like, no, you cannot yeah. have custody of these children. Yeah. And they end up citing like some of his work as like showing that he's unfit to be a parent. So especially like a lot of his his writings have like to do with stuff and- yeah, anarchist stuff, um, atheist stuff uh, a lot of like free love all of that and so they're like no but then Percy has like a lawyer basically 
that's like, well, you might have a better chance of getting custody if you're married, Mm -hmm. if you can be like, oh, I'm a married man, which doesn't really make sense to me that you're like, oh, I want to take custody of my wife, like my dead wife and my children. So so I'm going to rush and get married. So I actually do have a, um, some context on this basically because he's a guy he could easily claim to a court that his first wife had been mentally ill mm-hmm. and the only reason he wasn't with her is because she was like uh suffering from hysteria quote unquote and that he you know just needed this other good woman to take care of him he's a helpless man and whatever and now you know he just wants his it's seriously though like again men are fucking trash but like yeah no so i totally it totally would have been a thing like if he got right. married it's more just yeah so right and it's like, do it's you have like do you have child care that's yeah yeah is. right you have like this more domestic situation um so he ends up proposing to mary who is now pregnant for the third wow. time and so they end up getting married in 1816 so like the timelines for all of this is so That's compressed. So just like right, it's like yeah, it's so quick. Wait, so how old is she now? She uh, in 1816 would have been 20. Holy shit! Yeah, that's like four years. All this is happening. Right, all of this, and the wedding takes takes place two weeks after his wife's suicide. <gasps> oh my god! Yes. So the one positive out of this is that well, I guess there's two maybe like. Mary is infatuated with him. And so she's actually like really jazzed to get married because she loves him. She only wants him, you know, even though she thinks she's like this free thinker, she's like, I love you and only you. So, you know, um, the other positive is that at this point, Mr. And Mrs. Godwin, they come to the ceremony and they actually act as witnesses. Oh yeah, they're like, so my daughter is not a, strumpet anymore right right so they finally have reconciled which you know mary was devastated about before when her and her dad like had that split so but you're right i didn't i didn't even put that together that they're like okay yeah now we're not upset with you because you're married and you're not just like Mm -hmm. a harlot out there on the town Mm -hmm. (laughs) so they get married and it ends up not working though. Percy still loses the custody battle, even though they're married and he falls further into financial ruin, which is kind of a a common theme, but you know, him, Mary and Claire, they all like go to live. um, They're still living together. Like the three of them just like live together forever, basically. But at this point, Claire has now had her daughter, and mm-hmm. her daughter by Lord Byron, and her yeah. name is Allegra, which is kind of cool. Wait, what is so? So, what does William think about Claire just being Byron's hoe? So, like Claire was his stepdaughter, so I don't think he cared as much. Cared as much? Yeah. Okay, that's that's like it's yeah, it's it's fair, right? Like it's not great, but it's also fair. They're all living together. Um, Mary, who was pregnant when they were married or like when they got married, she now has their daughter that they named Clara, which again is mm-hmm. confusing that her sister's name is Claire 
Claremont and now they have a daughter named Clara and they're all living together. The originality is just like lacking here. It's really not there. But at this Mm -mm. point, um, they are in a lot of debt. And so to avoid their debtors and to kind of make sure they can keep custody of all their children, this group of three, or well, I guess five now if you're counting the, like the on kids the run? yeah and and so they flee the country again and now oh it's God. it's 1818 and this time they head to italy uh and they're living their lives out there they're kind of having this yeah. nomadic lifestyle um they move from place to place they live off the land and percy becomes part of kind of this artistic community um while they're living there and that's where he met, mm-hmm. wrote some of his best work. The, mm-hmm. A couple of them, it's Ode to the West, uh, The Cloud, to Skylark, and Ode to Liberty. Oh, yeah, Ode to the West Wind. Sorry, I my notes, it's like on different lines. So You're totally, totally fine. <laughs> I'm like, Ode Again, to the West Wind. <laughs> I o- literally only because of this presentation I had to do. Like, <laughs> this was not a voluntary knowledge acquisition. So... So at this point, though, like the custody thing gets like a little spicier. So Claire ends up meeting up with Byron, who is the dad of the daughter, Allegra. And Mm -hmm. she ends up giving custody to Byron. And he's like, the only way I will take custody is if you promise to never see your child again. And yeah, and Claire agrees. And and she never sees her daughter. For like the emotional health of the baby or what? I I think Byron was like, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. And so like, I don't want to see you. So like we're not going to do like split custody kind of situation. We're not co-parenting. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. And like okay. they have no money, right? They're like destitute. Yep. So it it, is, it does make sense. Is Byron destitute or just them? No, just them. <laughs> okay. So then at this point, this is where things get a little saucier. They, it's December of 1818 and like they're still in Italy, but they go to Naples and they stay there for three months and they receive only one visitor and it's a doctor, which is like a little suspicious Mm -hmm. to me Um, because then Percy like registers this child as his own in 1819 and Mm -hmm. like if he registers it to like Mary and him or like Uh basically like they're adopting it but we have confirmation from like servants and Mary herself that like Mm -hmm. she did not not have a child so it's not hers and so we're like well whose child is it and I think it's Claire's so the child like there's accusations of who it yeah. is, but I think because the doctor comes, because him and yeah. Claire have had relationships before, I'm like, the, the child is definitely Claire's. I don't know why we wouldn't like claim it to be Claire's. It might be because they're not married. So this is, you guys, it's kind of why I love this because it's fucking gossip. You know, it's just <laughs> like he said, she said, cause okay. Yeah. So when I was, again, I was looking for different things and I went down a rabbit hole. Ellen was specifically looking up the saucy, but I mean, when I was reading about the baby in Italy, I, and again, like I'm hearing this kind of all like, you're pulling it back out. Like, I'm not like just thinking like, yeah, yeah uh-huh. no, no, no. Like, oh yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I knew that. I knew that. But no, when I was reading about the baby in Italy, I kind of heard, and I thought that it was like a rando's baby in Italy. It wasn't, um, mm. whereas it was like somebody else's and the girl had like died or like technically it had been like thought of as like rape or something. 
and oh. that, or like, yeah, the, like the, the mom of the baby had died and like they had to do the whole thing. Yeah. So that's what I didn't think it was player as like timeline wise, but yeah. So again, the, the, again, the, the TLDR is uh Percy Hitchcock. Right. Right. And, and I guess like all of the theories, Percy is, seems to be the dad. And so Percy's it, the fucking worst. There was like, like servants were making, they were like, uh, talking gossip basically had a bunch of yeah. uh, things to say. And so I would totally believe what you're saying. Like maybe he yeah. had some unwanted yeah. contact with a servant mm-hmm. and then that was the result of this baby. Yeah. I was like, oh, I think it's Clay. I I was like, it's Claire's baby. Um, oh, yeah. Because like happened to be what I read. So, right. Yeah. Right. It, it also like the timing of it all. So Mary has these two children who are, who die right around the same time. And so I was viewing it as, well, Mary's, you know, she's has this terrible tragedy. She's, you know, very depressed. And we know that Percy's like, well, if I'm not the center of attention, I'm looking Mm -hmm. for that elsewhere. And so I'm like, he has found that in Claire before, and he probably found it in Claire again, both of Mary's children, die both of her living children and they die one year apart so Clara the baby die or the younger one um she dies around her second birthday and then William dies the following summer from malaria at age four I'm like this is so tragic and then you have this random other baby coming in Mm -hmm. that we don't from suspicious circumstances either your sister is banging your husband or Mm -hmm. your husband is engaging in nefarious acts with people that yeah what a what a what a what a time yeah Yeah. like i mean saucy fucking amen suck but then like there's so much this part like so sad so then this baby that they've adopted ends up dying the following year and then mary ends up having a miscarriage of another like baby later and she almost dies from the like internal bleeding and yeah it was really terrible yeah anyway so that that part is sad and saucy and wild but then we like um they we kind of get past that and it's now 1822 and the Shelleys are still in Italy but they are joined by this couple and like now the more we're talking and the more about like you know uh polyamory and things like that yeah like when when I read they were joined by a couple, I was like, oh, how sweet. They're like vacationing together. And now I'm like, oh, my God, like they were together. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, after my first, uh, but after my first date with this person I've been seeing for a couple weeks, we are leaving the bar and this couple like stopped us. And we like kind of referred to them colloquially as tall couple because they're both short <laughs> and tall couple fucking stops us. And they're like we were just seeing you across the bar and your energy is so great. You just seem so in tune with each other. And we're like, it's our first date, which was cute in itself. But then like, like everything, it could not last. Cause they're like walking in the same direction with us. And then tall couple, like nonchalantly, like propositions us to like, go have group sex with them. Wait, I knew that they yeah. were like, we love your energy, but I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, yeah. now I'm having these very similar two revelations at the yeah. same time. You and mm-hmm. Tall Couple and the Williams. I, it- <laughs> I did not have sex with Tall Couple, uh, but yeah, no. So yeah, that's uh, 
that's a that's a thing people do <laughs> that is a wild yeah, um fucking wild and especially like again on the first date we're just like hey we, we don't know each other very well <laughs> no we don't but thanks <laughs> oh man okay so i guess maybe now they're like partners i don't know um edward williams and his wife jane and percy apparently at this point is like feeling kind of like blah in his marriage um he's not like such a god he's the worst he feels like like i don't know like a child or like a dog that needs like a shiny new thing every minute you know he like quickly gets tired of the toy he's playing with so he starts like another affair up with jane williams and so Mm -hmm. he has this flirtation he ends up writing several poems to her um and they were most certainly banging so you know great excellent Mm -hmm. love that for for percy Mm -hmm. put that in his cap but then (laughs) (laughs) kind of quickly after like while they're they're like living all together. Mm-hmm. Percy goes on a sailing trip. So does uh, Edward Williams, their friend, like the husband that they're yeah. living with. And they go on a sailing trip and Mary doesn't really think anything of it. But then she gets a letter from kind of a family friend that's like, oh, there yeah. was like a super bad storm and just checking in basically to make sure that Percy made it. And Mary's like, oh my god like I haven't heard from him in days like I thought they were just out and about gallivanting so then she goes and like searches the coastline for him can't find him and then several days later Mm -hmm. um he washes up on shore and is dead yeah like so sad yeah so 10 days after he left on the sailing trip they find him but he's like been in the water for 10 days so the body is like pretty like not doing great and so the only way they can identify them is by their clothing and Shelly had a book of John Keats poems in his pocket Keats in his pocket and I'm like that that is so like I don't know what's the word cliche I'm like oh you're this like free love philosopher and you have to have John Keats poems with you at all times I'm like oh my god anyway (laughs) Mary is devastated. Um, like Percy yeah. is the love of her life, right? And so she's mm-hmm. she's ter- terribly sad. Um, and she's still close mm-hmm. friends with Jane Williams, whose husband also died in the storm. Um, but Williams is the one that Percy was writing all these like romantic poems to. But mm-hmm. Mary finds her like this great like confidant and support system until she finds out mm-hmm. that Jane is gossiping to everyone around town that she was Percy's mistress and that he preferred her over Mary. And is like telling everybody that this. Bitch! Yes! And Mary is this like grieving widow and Jane's like yeah but he liked to bone me better yeah terrible so that ends up oh my god I know horrible horrible ends their friendship yeah for fuck sure yeah right Mary ends up cremating Percy but it's like super weird his heart like will not burn like it it doesn't Mm -hmm. burn at all because it's been and we think that it's because it was calcified yeah and he had tuberculosis in the past so that's one theory mm-hmm. like why his heart yeah. was calcified and wouldn't burn so she ends up keeping this heart this calcified heart yeah. and she mm-hmm. keeps it with her like basically at all times she wraps it in like this silk blanket and keeps it on her like 
Nice. Uh, 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 always for years. Like Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton. Does she keep his heart? He's not no, dead. No, no, when they were dating, they had a drop of each other's blood in like a locket. Gross. They like, <laughs> they like pricked their fingers and like made a little thumbprint and like it was a whole thing. Mm. That just feels so like dark and moody. This is the woman who also kissed her brother like on the mouth on the mouth and it was real weird. Gross. Fuckboy's dead. Yes. Uh, his heart won't burn. Right. She's carrying it around. One of the interesting pieces that I found was that when Percy died, he had left 12,000 pounds to Claire in his will. And that was another thing that made me think like, oh, the baby was probably hers because he's Mm -hmm. you know, leaving her a large chunk of change. The other piece of evidence to Claire and him, like definitely having the baby, like they definitely had an affair, Mm -hmm. but um, was that. Claire ends up outliving kind of all of them. She yeah. ends up dying at the age of 80, which was like, you go, girl. Damn. But she, like, ends up having all this memorabilia of Percy Shelley, like, in her possessions. And I'm like, okay. sounds like a lover to me. <laughs> <laughs> Mary... Mary is like really sad after Percy dies and, Mm -hmm. you know, just a couple of things to wrap up her life. So she has one son that ends up making it to adulthood who she Mm -hmm. adores and, and kind of spends the rest of her life after uh, Percy's Mm -hmm. death, you know, taking care of her son, living with her son, things like that. Um, She also, you know, continues doing a lot of writing um, Mm -hmm. and is pretty prolific that way. And she continues to promote her mom's feminist ideas, which I thought was also awesome. She does a lot of work, like trying to help women in like bad situations. So Mm -hmm. one, she has this uh, lesbian couple friend Oh, yay. Yeah, that she helps them escape to Paris. Um, So she like helps get them like fake documents and um were they like gonna be arrested or something or what yeah yeah so and they end up like getting to escape and live happily in Paris and during that she like catches smallpox um which is a fun fact to include she also like helps provide financial aid to a woman that like like to kind of a bunch of women that are outcast by their husbands for adultery things like that so she like finds uh, I think kind of her calling there, like her writing for sure, but yeah. then also like helping women that were in, or you know, like humanitarianism almost. Yeah, exactly. She kind of goes on to have some flirtations in her life, but really her main love was Percy. But there's yeah. a couple of people that like propose marriage to her. There's this nice. American actor, John Howard Payne, that like proposes to her a couple times and she keeps turning him down. And then his friend, Washington Irving, who wrote like Whip Van Winkle and Sleepy Hollow, he also like is like in love with her and they joke a lot in their letters about him proposing or like them getting married. Um, So she like has a bunch of flings. I don't know if she was banging. I kind of feel like she would be. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure, but she's, she did say at one point, after being married to one genius, she could only marry another. So, like, that was somewhat, like, one of the yeah. lines she would say to these men that, like, kept asking her to, to marry them. Like, level up? Level yeah, up, level she's up. like, eh, I had, like, the best that you could have, which I do not agree. I think Percy was gross. Uh, no. 
but they did. But you love what you love. You love what you love. He, they, I mean, what he was born we again after love. they had sex for the first time. So it probably was the same for her. All right. So the last 10 years of her life are kind of not pleasant. Um, she has a lot of illness, gets some partial paralysis and severe headaches. Oh. Yeah. Cause she, she has a brain tumor. How do we know it's a brain tumor? Cause they, they, uh, they know that's what they said. Like finally killed her was a brain tumor. So I don't know if they did like an autopsy autopsy or maybe that's what I imagine. And the fact that she like science. Yeah. And she had like headaches and paralysis. They probably were like, okay, like makes sense that like we'll check that. Um, so she dies in 1851 at the age of 53. Um, so, like, I, I feel like the beginning of her life, we were talking about, you know, like, four to, like, ten year span. And then it was, like, boom, now we're at the end of her life. But, you know, she lived fast, die young. And then when she dies, they find in her things locks of her dead children's hair. Oh. Yeah, like, so sad. That's like, a, that's, like, a thing, but, like, yeah. Yeah, a notebook belonging to her and Percy Shelley. Um, so like some of their journals, a copy of his poem, Adonis, and that was folded around, um, this box that was containing her husband's ashes and what was left of his calcified heart. So she kept that till she died. (laughs) Yay. Oh man. I see. Had she kept his dick in a jar, I would have been way more excited. I know. I wish we could have ended with like that real zinger. And also his dick was Okay. A hot take if I if my husband goes before me uh if I marry a man if I marry a man and he goes before me I'm making I'm taking a mold of his dick gotta do it I love that it's like a thing people will get their dead spouses <gasps> or dead partners penises made into dildos I can no mm-hmm. why not I feel like you'd have to take the mold before they're dead you can sure but like, i don't I mean, want it you, if, could, you could do it and like you could do it in like rigor mm-hmm. i don't want a post-mortem penis no thank you <laughs> um and that kind of wraps up what i have on mary shelley so you know she uh, lots of affairs lots of secret wives and secret babies and secret trysts which I think are some of my favorite things to cover in our hot goss history topics. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that should be another drinking word, Trist. Honestly, we should make a list. Listeners, if if one of you wants to take it upon yourselves to, you know, make a little like an unofficial hot goss history drinking game, you know, we've got incest, chunk of chain, tri- chunk of change, Trist. Somebody mentions Eaton College, you know, like really... Uh, yeah, someone leaves their <laughs> pregnant wife at home. Dick in a dick in a jar is finished the whole goddamn. Yeah, drink. yeah, yeah. I, need I to, love that. We need to find more dicks in jars. That's, <laughs> oh my god, Ellen, that was kind of the best. I mean, hopefully it wasn't too. Hopefully it wasn't annoying that I would like jump in there and be like, "Wait, no. I thought it was this way." Okay, because it was super fun for me and really interesting. Because again, I was a getting it through a different lens from what I you know learned before and B it was also again it really just goes to show about how you know sort of mixed a lot of the evidence is on a lot of these things yeah because we were just independently researching and we got totally different you know and like also different interpretations right right 
and probably different um like you're looking for different things right yeah if I'm I'm out here looking for what's most salacious you know I'm going Mm -hmm. to interpret the facts that way Mm -hmm. so that I think that is a really kind of interesting case study Mm -hmm. too to see it from like the academic versus the like sultry's Mm -hmm. perspective so if you want us to cover something that you know about or talk about something that you think you've heard let us know dm us send us an email yeah we would love that we get really excited. <laughs> I I know. It's like, because like I have friends tell me what I should cover and that's awesome. Back when I was still in the Bumble game, I would have, you know, I was shameless on my Bumble profile. I said bonus points if you listen to our podcast and hey, you guys, it, it fucking worked. Well, if you want to send us any of your ideas for episodes or really just anything that you have got going on in your brains, send us an email at hawkosshistory at gmail.com. You can also follow us at Hot Cuts History on Instagram, and you can DM us on there as well. Uh, thank you to Pat and Alex for our music from this side of paradise. And as always, stay, stay juicy. juicy. <laughs> <laughs>